Whether you are halishing for halas or wanting to braai or fine dine, this is Essen Fresen with Adrian Bagatti. It's all about the food. Good morning and welcome to the Essen Fresen show. Coming to you today from Mozambique and the island of Mashangulo. So, I thought about talking about traveling and keeping kosher while you're traveling. Not everybody is able to um, travel with a mashgecha or a mashgeach. So we thought about what do you do if you travel and you don't want those frozen dinners with their labels on. I'm sure some of them are very nice. But the point is that you want to try new things. You want to experience new adventures. But you don't want to t- be tied down with a... And looking different to everybody else. If you're in a hotel with these double wrapped frozen meals with the label Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday on them and not knowing what you're going to find inside, how well cooked it's going to be or how well overcooked it is. And then trying to explain to the um, kitchen that they've got to heat this up without opening it, without knowing, you know, what's in it, which I think a lot of chefs tend to resent. It, it's a very important aspect of going to hotels is it's their name on the line and they, you know, you're arriving there with your little prepacked food and everybody else is seeing that. And, and that's, you know, just not fair. You're uncomfortable. They're uncomfortable. It just makes life a little different. So I thought of giving some ideas about Unusual places that you would find kosher food if you're traveling. Um, and if you have the money to travel overseas, then you definitely want to do this. And also some ideas of what to pack for places where you want to go that you know don't have kosher food. So the first thing that I had a look at were some unusual places that people have been to. So like I... Right now, I'm in the middle of um, an island, and there is no kosher food. But the truth is, there actually is. Um, I had to stop at some stores, um, and they were familiar names, Pick and Pay being one of them, um, to go get kosher produce and stuff to bring across to the island. And it was such a pleasure to be able to go in and find stuff with kosher stamps on, whether whatever kosher stamp it was um, we found even we found London Best in here um, which was quite amazing because the product that was available apparently is not available in London itself we found a lot of South African you know obviously Best in stuff we found a lot of OU stuff um, even found a few Badats things so you know we have to understand that we are privileged as kosher travelers to be able to find kosher just about anywhere in the world if you know how to look and if you know where to look. So that that's an important thing to think of. And then we thought about like where, you know, where are the unusual places? So places like Costa Rica, the Bahamas, Lisbon, Capri, um, Maui, those are all unusual places to go. Um, even Iceland, somebody um, on one of the travel groups wrote. 
So it was amazing to be able to look all these things up and to find out who goes where, what do people recommend, and, you know, where to go. So places that we know you'd likely to find kosher food would be something like Paris. Um, obviously, the more built-up cities uh, are, are easy. So Paris, uh, England, uh, Venice, um, places where you would find communities. But the truth is, if you Google Chabad and you find there's a Chabad everywhere, they can often give you prepaid, prepackaged meals, or what I did discover as part of the travels is you're able to find places that host you for Shabbos. Or you can find kosher restaurants, which I think is quite an on, odd thing to find, is kosher restaurants that do prepaid dinner. I do vaguely remember one restaurant here in South Africa doing it. I don't know if it was successful or not. Um at the time, there was no way that we could afford to take eight of us for kosher Friday night supper to a restaurant. Um, so I had to ask about that on the travel group. Um, I'll give you some feedback just now. It was quite an interesting chat. Um, but there were just so many things available. Um, so kosher food in Cyprus, which was amazing. And and those are the places that we've seen. Now, I don't know if anybody follows Traveling Rabbi on Facebook, but you will see he's just been to Morocco, and there is so much kosher food available there, including restaurants. So that, that is another amazing place to go. Um, we've also been able to get kosher food in Botswana. Uh, Zimbabwe, Namibia, oh, now I've gone blank, where we go as well. Um, I know up in the Serengeti it's a little bit harder and it is a favorite trip of people to do. Um, so, you know, have a look into it. It is possible and it is possible to go with your own food, with your own food instead of prepackaged. If you've got any ideas or trips that you've done or you'd just like to get in contact, you can SMS us on 34519 and SMSs are charged at 1 Rand 50. You could send a telegram on 061-895-1019 or you can call us on 010-140-3020 and that is for High FM and just send us a message. Um, Today is a recorded message, obviously, because I am in um, Mozambique, but let's try. Whether you are halishing for halas or wanting to bry or fine dine, this is Essen Fresen with Adrian Bagatti. It's all about the food. Welcome back. You're listening to the Essen Fresen Show with Adrian Bagatti. So if you contact us on SMS 34519. Send me a telegram on 061-895-1019 or you can call on 010-140-3020. So today I'm discussing traveling and traveling kosher because for most of us, traveling kosher involves the most amazing logistics, a million things to take with 
and just trying to work out how you're going to get your kosher food there. And this seems to restrict us. Since the lifting of the travel bans for COVID, I have come to discover that there are a lot of places that you can go to when you keep kosher without having to take a hundred things with you. Um, I know everybody is, is familiar with the uh, concept of traveling with your um, trailer filled with food and unpacking and we all, and everybody stares at how much is coming off um, when you're traveling to a foreign destination. Um, in fact, it, it's amazing what we take with it just to go from Johannesburg to Plett or Johannesburg to Durban or Johannesburg to Cape Town when we know we have pick and pay and other local stores that do have kosher food. So why are we doing this? Why are we giving ourselves a headache? So I found a group called Jewish Girls Travel. And in there are lots of discussions on the kosher traveling and what to take and where to take. And I'd love to share some of the ideas that we got from them. So the first thing was, what do you take when you're traveling? Well, I generally make sure that everything, if I'm going to travel to something like that, I would want everything to be parav. Just because getting meat into certain countries is very difficult. And South Africa has recently had an outbreak of foot and mouth, which means you are going to be prohibited from taking uncooked food across the border. So that's the first tip. If you need to take food, it needs to be cooked, then it needs to be vacuum-packed and frozen. And even then, there is no guarantee. The other thing you need is a letter from your rabbi stating that the food is, first of all, for your use only, and it is a religious requirement. Um, otherwise, you're not likely to get it across. So a lot of people want to know, I know the favorite to take across the border is biltong, and the reason you're not allowed to take biltong is because it's not actually cooked. It's age-dried so and spiced. So that is a, a reason for not be, being able to take food across borders. Um, and some countries are more strict than others. Um, so Botswana, absolutely no food. Um, especially with this outbreak of foot and mouth, they are. Botswana doesn't actually even allow you to bring in fresh produce. So you can only buy things that have been grown locally. But it's comforting to know that there is checkers there, there is Woolworths there, so there is food available for us. Um, so here's the tips and what to take in terms of taking your own food and trying to keep it kosher and also trying to not weigh down your suitcase. My suggestion is at least one pot. Just take one pot. Truthfully, you can cook eggs in a pot. You don't need a frying pan. You can cook anything in a pot, as long as you're prepared to understand that everything is called one pot meal, whether it's meant to be or not. That is my first tip. A lightweight pot. Now, the lightweight pots are not are slightly expensive, let's put it this way. They're old ones that we know, and they're quite easily available. But you don't want to take something heavy, especially if you, you 
you know, might not want to bring it back with you in your luggage because you want space for gifts or whatever it is. The other things that you need to take in terms of food, and these are my suggestions, my top suggestions, is wraps, packaged wraps, um, pita breads. They're all sealed. They're all cooked. They're allowed across the border. Cans of tuna. The problem with the cans of tuna is they do start to weigh a bit. So just be sparing with your tuna and, and just decide if you're going to want it every single day. Packet soups. We are blessed to be able to get packet soups. And while you might not be able to cook in wherever you are, often the packet soups, you can add hot water. Um, it does say bring to boil, but I found they perfectly adequate when you just add boiling water and stir. Um, what I do is I add hot water, I stir it so that I mix the dry up into like almost a paste. Then I reboil the kettle and pour as it's bubbling, pour that water slowly over the food, over the soup, and it continues with its so-called cooking. Another good thing to take with is your breakfast bars. Um, they're quick, they're on the go. If you're out sightseeing and stuff, you don't want to have to stop for lunch and things like that. So while a breakfast bar is not exactly the healthiest meal to have or the most filling, it can always be topped up with fresh fruit that you could buy anywhere. Um, then long life milk. If you are Khalif Israel specifically, then obviously taking long life milk is a very big thing. But if you're not and you don't mind the traveling, I would suggest taking something that is quite popular in South Africa, which is powdered milk. A lot of us grew up on it. It's that yellow tin with milk spilt backwards, and it is very useful to mix it up um, wherever you go. You can just buy yourself like a, a, a drinking bottle or a juice bottle or even reuse your water bottle, mix it up, and you've got milk for breakfast, milk for tea, you know, for anything. And it's just easy to use. Then another thing is the soya mints. We have quite a few products available here in South Africa that are soy-based. Um, it is powdered. It is great to add to vegetables and make soups. So, you know, or stews or anything in it. And it gives you the protein you need. Now, I know there's a bit of a issue for some people with, with soy, but I think while you're traveling, you can have, it's, it should be okay to have a little bit. And then the other one is, um, to take with is something like instant oats. Just add water. Wherever you go, you're going to be able to boil a kettle and add water. So that, that's a nice thing to have. Um, I have seen people taking disposables that they can wash. They're lightweight plastic and you can use them. And because you're going parov, you know, there's no meat or anything there. It's not a problem. Buying fish, you can go to any market, fresh fish market. Um, if you've got a knife in your suitcase, they do sometimes allow that. Um, you can take one knife in your suitcase. If you're a chef, you're able to take your chef's knives um, as long as you have, like, proof. 
And um, so I have taken a knife in my s- luggage. It was a nice, it was a small knife. It wasn't big. Um, you can buy it usually at the till at stores or in their kitchen department. And it went in the suitcase and it can be used for preparing your vegetables or whatever you want. Um, so fish is easy. In certain places, salmon is really, really cheap, not like here, but also looking at plain white fish, going in and asking them. Um, white fish comes in different names. Cod, we know it as hake, but there are other, you know, other names to it, and it's uh, easy to get. I think one of the other most common names is barramundi. These are firm white fish, and they're easy to cook, and they break up nicely into stews, or you can pan fry them, and you can pan fry this at the bottom of your pot. So those are just some of the ideas. If you have any other ideas, please feel free to share them with us um, and and let us know where you've been and what you did if you were kosher. So you can SMS 34519. SMSs are charged at 1 Rand 50. Send us a telegram on 061-895-1019 and you can also call on 010-140-3020. I am Adrian Bugatti and you are with the Essen Fashion Show. Whether you are halishing for halas or wanting to braai or fine dine, this is Essen Fresen with Adrian Bugatti. It's all about the food. I'm Adrian Bugatti and this is the Essen Fresen Show coming to you from Mozambique. It is not a live show because I wasn't sure what my signal would be like. Um, so we're just attempting to give you a beautiful show on traveling kosher. I thought that was something interesting because over the last five years I've been privileged to travel to some unusual places, mostly in Africa or South Africa, to different game reserves, introducing them to kosher cuisine and being able to host kosher guests. My son has been privileged also to go further up into Africa, into Kenya and Tanzania. Um, my furthest has been Zimbabwe and Botswana. And now I'm on the tip. I am in, well, not the tip, the edge. I am on an island just off the Maputa coast. Um, and there are some beautiful lodges here. You just have to be prepared for the fact that there is nature. And some of the nature finds its way into your rooms. Um, and also that you are out in the middle of nowhere. And stores are not easily available. So when traveling to places that you do not know, Careful planning is required. And I've been talking previously about things that you should take in your suitcase when you don't know if you're going to have food availability. But you also don't want to sort of overload your suitcase because obviously you're only given about 20 kilos. I think Kenya Air allows you two two suitcases of 20 kilos, so you can get away with a little bit more. But please remember that South Africa has had an outbreak of foot and mouth disease and most countries are not going to let you bring in uncooked meat uh, into their country. It doesn't matter where you're from, 
whether you've got a letter that, and, and it is something I recommend, a letter from your rabbi saying that the food is for personal consumption and that it is for kosher, you know, religious reasons and not for resale. It definitely helps. I've had to show mine once or twice. Um, but there are some countries that are a lot stricter. And if you really, really do want meat, my suggestion is to cook it at home, have it vacuum packed for you if you can get somebody to do that or if you've got it yourself and label it carefully and make sure it is cooked. Um, and that is the only way certain countries will allow you to bring your meat in and it has to be cooked. So let's look at the unusual places and let's look at what you take with. Now, at the moment when I'm working, I am taking a lot of equipment with because I'm not just cooking for me. Um, in most instances, I'm cooking for five, six people and they're paying a premium for these fancy holidays. So um, they are going to want us to be able to present really decent meals. So I have some odd things in my travel kit. Um, one of them is a tiny handheld blowtorch. Um, you never know what surfaces you're getting. Um, one of the things I do ask all the places we get to is that I need industrial size tinfoils and cling wrap. Um, and in some cases uh, where I know that it's a self-catering, I buy those cheap plastic party tablecloths um, that can be thrown away. I usually buy about three or four um, in two different colors, obviously, so you've got your meat and milk clearly indicated. And it has been very helpful occasionally because some of the places that I have, I want to say, privileged to stay in are not always the most fantastically well-kept um, when it comes to, you know, going slightly cheaper. So that that's something to remember. Um, I do travel with five polybox crates of kitchen equipment. Um, I always like to joke that I take everything, including the kitchen sink. I do not take my fridge. And that's it. So let's look at some of the places people have been to and where they found kosher food. Now, most of us know Chabad, and generally where you go, you should be able to find one in the country you're going to. But that doesn't mean they're going to be close to where you're planning your holiday. So the first place I found is a place in Costa Rica, which is the Jewish center. Um, and we were told that it is, well, I've been told that it is under Chabad. Um, so no Hechsha there, but the Kashrut is obviously, it's your choice. Um, and it was a very nice, the review came up very nicely. Um, and you were able to get kosher food there. You could have a meal there. And they are able to tell you where else to get things and what products to look for. The next was somebody wrote about a cruise. They went on a cruise. They got prepackaged meals, frozen. Each day of the week was listed. Um, their cruise went a little bit further and instead of sticking to the day of the week, they actually had a detailed list of what the frozen foods were and offered it to the clients each day. So that was quite an interesting one. 
Um, another one to do was um, Lisbon. Lisbon has a kosher store in Lisbon itself. And then there's a place, I hope I'm going to say this right, Cassius, that has a restaurant that you could eat at in there. Then the next place people moved on to was Capri. Now, nobody really thinks that Capri is going to have kosher anything, but they actually have a kosher hotel. So that makes life a little easier. Um, I haven't looked into prices for any of these things. Um, kosher hotels are a little, not, uh, not generally what I do. So, um, but the fact that we can get a kosher hotel in the middle of nowhere is fantastic. Another place, obviously, more well known because Venice for Italy does have a Jewish population. So there are actually three places you could eat in Venice. And then on to some of the more unusual places, and that was one of them I found was Maui. Maui has kosher food. Um, in fact, they even have a kosher ice cream shop available. So, so that's a, a, a quite an unusual thing. Um, and it is, you know, as long as you don't keep of Israel, it's not a problem. So some of the unusual things that I've been able to find um, in some of the trips is I was in a place called White River in South Africa. I walked into a local store and there was Chalavishol cheese in their cheese counter, which was quite strange and very beneficial as we, one of my tour guests is Chalavishol. So she's mostly been, you know, cheese free because there's nothing for her. Um, but now to be able to offer that. And it was unusual. Um, yesterday we had to order from the mainland here and we got yogurt, kosher yogurt, not a problem. We got um, kosher syrup for the pancakes for the kids. We got, um, you know, chocolate spread. We got butter. We got different yogurts. It was, and milk. And it was just like such a pleasure, um, you know, struggling because I'm sending somebody who doesn't know anything about kosher across the water to go do some kosher shopping for me. And who knows what was coming back. So I would say 80% of the stuff we ordered was kosher. Um, I have also come, obviously when traveling, you kind of do need the knowledge, but what I have discovered is that the kashrut levels in different countries or the requirements are different. Obviously, I'm going to stick to kashrut from South Africa, which is a lot more strict from what I can understand because I've had guests um, go into a store. We've gone shopping for groceries and they've sort of said, but it's fruit, pure fruit juice. There's no additives. Why can't we have it? Um, and they're quite okay to buy things without a haksha. So you've got to decide what are you prepared to do. So the items that these people bought, just for a heads up, were um, pure fruit juices. So as long as it said no, you know, pure orange juice or pure apple, they were okay to buy that. And that was boxed and refrigerated. 
The other thing that they bought was raw nuts, um, unprocessed nuts. They were happy with that. Obviously, the dried herbs, for the most part, um, you know, if you can, I, I do bring it with. But there were a lot of leniencies that we are not allowed um, as Jews in South Africa. Not, not allowed. Uh, it's not recommended by the kosher authorities. And those are things like pure vegan products. I have discovered that a lot of people are quite happy with vegan. And the truth is that a vegan product, if it's vegan, the store or the plant where it's manufactured is going to be vegan because without that vegan stamp, um, you know, it, they've lost most of them, the point of their market. And when you are vegan, it means there can be no animal products or byproducts in your factory or on the line you're using at all. So um, always, if you're prepared to do that, look out for vegan. Um, I have heard that there are some places where the, they are, um, clients are prepared to go into vegan restaurants. Once again, it's the same. There is no animal product allowed in those stores. So therefore, you're not going to have the risk of milk and meat being cooked together or finding any of that in, in the store where the milk is. Um, and, and that was some of the travels. Um, some of our uh, more interesting kind of um, uh, mishap, not mishaps, but, but travel challenges. Um, recently, my son had to go to Tanzania for a group and we were taking, he was taking all the meat with. So the first thing was we had to change flights because the flight he was booked on only allowed one suitcase and he was going for 10 days with 12 people. So the first thing we had to do is change an airline and find one that allowed two suitcases, which we did or two bags, they call it. So one was his suitcase and the other was his meat. It was a poly box filled with vacuum packed frozen meat. We had no problems. He got to Kenya, went through customs. They didn't ask him at all. Didn't even look inside the box. Checked the luggage in for the transfer to Tanzania, including his beautiful poly box. Arrived in Tanzania only to discover poly box did not even make it on the plane. It was still sitting in Kenya. So it was a bit of fun. Thankfully, it was found, put onto the next plane, and made it to their first stopover where they were about to leave for their next part of the journey. Um, just something quite cute and interesting was when he arrived at one of the lodges, at the very first lodge, the chef greeted him welcomed him back and said, your kit is here. So my son had been there a year ago working with a chef and um, they had cooked there and they had their equipment. And before he left, he put it all in a container, sealed it up and didn't think about it again. Uh, so that was quite an unusual thing. And it also means that there are places that are going to do that, that are going to be prepared to allow kosher. 
So if you can find a lodge that or a hotel that is prepared to make the effort, then why not ask them? You will be charged a levy, obviously, uh, mostly a surcharge because they're going to get new equipment. Um, a very common practice is what they call single-use items, and that is um, the lodges will buy items for you that are single-use only. It's only for your trip, and then it is put into either their normal stock or I know one place that donates it to um, food kitchens. Please just remember when you're doing these kind of trips and you're doing self, what they call self-supervised kosher, you have to trust your chef. You have to understand that when you are traveling, if you're going on a day trip or, or a morning trip or, or like for us on safari, if you're going on a morning game drive, you're leaving the chef there. Um, what people have done is if they've got a gas stove and it's not an ignition gas stove, they leave a lit candle for the chef to then use the candles to light a fly, the flames. If it is an ignition gas stove, then what happens is you turn on the gas yourself, light it, and then you off your, go on your travels. Uh, my suggestion is uh, to tell the chef to wait with the eggs until you get back. Here is the problem with this, and that is the fact that you don't know what happens while you're away. What happens if the gas flame blows out, if the candle blows out, if the chef has forgotten to give you an ingredient to check and just goes into his pantry and takes something? Um, it is a risk you're going to need to take, or you're going to need to ask them to only start cooking when you get back from whatever trip you're doing. So that could be anything. If you're going snorkeling, if you're going scuba diving, if you're just going sightseeing, it can make your meals very late. But it is a way to do it if the hotel that you're staying at is prepared to do that. And I have found that there are a lot of lodges that are quite accommodating with that way. The other way, obviously, is to take your mashgiach with you. But when you're doing your own cooking, so we're finding self-catering lodges where you can do your own cooking. You've got your little pot. I would suggest maybe a wooden spoon or something to be able to stir um, and one knife to prepare stuff. Fr fruit and vegetables are usually quite easily available and you become vegan for a week or vegetarian for a week or however long your trip is. And, and there's so much you can do with... Um, just the simple ingredients that I gave at the beginning of the trip um, of this conversation, the packet soups. Packet soups make beautiful gravies. So um, if you want a fish in a sauce, find a soup pack that is going to match your fish that you've got for your day and, you know, maybe half the recipe. You don't want the whole thing um, and put it in that way. Uh, cook it in that. Tuna. Tuna goes really nicely with instant noodles or long no life noodles, which you can buy from Woolworths or from Pick and Pay or from anywhere. It's those quick noodles. It literally takes five minutes. Or if you can buy the um, instant noodles, what they call them, ramen noodles, I think. Those are also easy to add fresh vegetables or tuna with. If you've taken cheese with you, it's a great thing to put in. 
um, and you can make some amazing meals out of that. Wraps, also great. You don't have to take your bread with. You can make yourself sandwiches for trip day trips um, using fresh produce as well. Um, breakfast bars, once again, travel brilliantly in your luggage um, and off you go wherever you're wanting to go. Uh, your instant oats, well, those go without saying. Those are easy to do. Um, and I have actually made in a pot. It was an accident. I will have to tell you that, but it worked out beautifully. Um, sliced apple, just with a little bit of cinnamon and sugar if you take it with you. In the pot, cook it up nicely till it's golden with some oil or butter or margarine, whatever you have available. I then poured the instant oats over it with a little bit of water to make it into like a paste. And I baked it in my pot. So it was a pot dessert kind of thing. And it worked out really nicely. Um, surprisingly, let's put it this way. Um, the only reason it baked in the pot was because I kind of forgot the pot. Um, so it was an accident, but it came out really nicely. So that that is a, a great one. Um, and... What I've found also while I'm, I'm here in Mozambique is I've got been given a chef who's newly qualified, really doing beautifully well, but he picked up on the kashrut so quickly. And the trick around that was explaining to them that it's a Bible thing and it's an Old Testament thing. And you will find that in Africa especially, a lot of the chefs and that, a lot of the staff are deeply religious people. So as soon as you tell them it is a biblical obligation, you get your food done brilliantly. Um, the lodge I'm in, I've had to move from one villa to the next. The guy saw me doing the boiling water once over the counters because thankfully they were cushable. Um, and we moved to the next thing and I want my kettle and the next thing I know is the chef is pouring the boiling water over everything which was great. You're listening to Adrian Bugatti on the Essen Fresen show on Chai FM 101.9. Whether you are halishing for halas or wanting to braai or fine dine, this is Essen Fresen with Adrian Bugatti. It's all about the food. Welcome back. You're listening to Adrian Bugatti and this is the Essen Fresen show on Chai FM 101.9. So, um, kosher updates from around the world. Let's start with the U UOS. Um, there is nothing for us since the 1st of June. So I'm just going to have a look at those and tell you the few that came up then. So one of the first things is um, a um, oat milk. Soma oat milk is on the list. And they are certified. The packaging does not yet have a um, kosher symbol on it, but it is kosher without. Then I see, which I didn't see, um, is Onoclef Wine Estate. There is a rosé and a chardonnay that is now certified kosher and available for Pesach. Please bear in mind that it is not Mavushal. So when ordering it, it is important to take that into consideration. Um, Coach House Confectionery has been recertified kosher from the 1st of February. Uh, jelly Tots, which we've seen now, um, 
they've resourced all their stuff and uh, belly, so jelly tots are back on your list Ultramel oh oh I didn't even see that one Ultramel full cream milkshakes are certified kosher with or without a left in logo yay um, Wedgwood Macalettes are also certified kosher and then the two new um, chips, uh, crisps from from Lay's, are the French garlic baguette flavor, which I absolutely love. They are mulchic, please remember that. And then the Portuguese peri-peri prawn flavor, which is parov. Um, not a bad flavor, I must admit. I did try it. It's, I quite like that. Now, I don't know if anybody else has noticed, but so I have, and I haven't bought for a while, and we're big users of the jungle oats. So please be aware that jungle oats have had a high level of infestation um, on the, with the following manufacturing dates. So August, September, October, November, and December 2021. Um Please be very careful to inspect your boxes before opening them and just check. Um, they are pretty good with us um, and you can send it back if you need to. Clover cheese products um, must have a Bethden logo. Okay. There are some of the cheeses that do not contain the logo. Um, so just be careful. Um I found it the other day it was the blocks were fine, but I wanted the slices um, and none of them had it. So it is something to be aware of. Um, the uh, pick and pay muesli like uh, rusks um, are not certified. If they have the best in logo, they are fine, then that's fine. Um, temporary change in supplier the beacon white chocolate slabs with the jelly tots and poppy candy are not kosher the product does bear the best in logo on but it is not correct uh, the cross and black oil mayo light bears the power of logo but it's actually dairy um, if you've obviously been Using it, it says uh, no cushioning required just because it is a minute, a minute amount of dairy inside. Um, Harvest Country Mix bearing the Bethden logo is not actually kosher certified and this is due to broccoli and cauliflower in the mix um, and they are taking corrective action. I do know that a lot of my overseas guests um, are very confused by this and are quite happy to have um, you know if you give it to them or if, if they that well they'll ask for it but it's not okay due to a supplier error the presence of grape affecting a small batch of whole earth dressing revolution the product is no longer kosher certified the company is taking corrective action and putting stickers over their Bethen logo any affected vessels or utensils do not require cushioning unless the dressing was decanted into your own vessel for longer than 24 hours. In that case, please phone the best den. Um, and then what else was in June? 
there is one that has a logo on called Denweg Tangy Mustard. It has a Bethin logo over, but it is not kosher certified and does contain dairy. We have spoken to their company. Okay, so that is from us here in this world. Um, and now let's go to kosher.org, which is where our kosher question, I say. Um, I'm trying to see if there's, I don't see anything that sandwich cookies, the OU symbol, they are made on dairy uh, equipment, but it is not dairy, in fact. So that's an important thing. Um, that's it for, for them. Let's have a look at the next one. Is the London Beth then? So there's Dalston's lemon, ginger beer, and cherry gr- drinks are all formulated with grape, so they are no kosher, not kosher. Then the J2O blended orange and passion fruit lollies are also not kosher. Sesame Kingdom, only the holva and the tahini sold by Sesame Kingdom is certified KLBD, not the, um, sorry, it's not showing me what it is. Please also, uh, while I'm trying to load, um, remember that you are in, oh, not the frozen yogurt. Okay. Didn't know they made frozen yogurt. Um, Starbucks Refresher. These are all from England, by the way. Uh, Starbucks Refresher. They are the cool lime, strawberry okay, and the pink coconut all contain grape juice. So please be aware of that. They are not kosher. Kettle chips. Uh, it's called kettle crisps. The lightly salted. The kettle, uh, lightly salted sea salt peppercorn or listed are certified KLBD parav only when being, bearing the KLBD list, uh, the logo, sorry. The rest are not, they're not all made at the same factory. So those are some important things to remember. Please also remember, uh, we're, there's a Schmitter, so things from, um, Israel, just be aware of your labels. Then Love Corn, Milk, Chocolate and Sea Salt, um, they have been mislabeled and uh, they say parav, but they're actually dairy. So please be aware of that. And that is all the updates I have for you from the kosher desks around the world. If you know of anything that you um, think we should all know, then please do that. Oh, ooh, here's one. KA certified Pasanella cheese is now available. Uh, don't think it's available in South Africa, but you can now get that. So um, if you're there, then please do so um, and enjoy. I am Adrian Bugatti. This is the Essen Fresen Show, and I have been sending you my messages from Mozambique this week. So until next week, please stay warm. Um, and let me know your travel plans. I'd love to see how everybody plans their kosher holidays. Thank you and welcome.